That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a win and a loss over the weekend. A win, I think, uh, more importantly, at home against the Atlanta Hawks in blowout fashion. A 20-point dub at Ball Arena on Saturday evening followed by on the second night of a back-to-back in Minnesota where the Nuggets choose not to put their best foot forward from a personnel standpoint. And they, um, not so coincidentally, get blown out in Minnesota, 128-98. to um, Not going to um, get in the trenches with these particular games um, and exact, like, you know, series or uh, particular plays. I will just say this. My, my bigger takeaway from over the weekend is uh, the Saturday win over Atlanta. That's not because I'm cherry-picking on a Nuggets podcast. That's because that was the game that the Nuggets took more seriously. Okay, Trey Young didn't play. Um, don't care. Uh, I thought DeJounte Murray played great, and I thought, on the whole, the Hawks actually played pretty well. Um, they just ran into an absolute freaking juggernaut who feels like at one point in the next month here, the Nuggets are going to score like 150 points in regulation. Their offense is that freaking good, especially with Jamal Murray playing the way that he is playing right now. We are watching. um, How do I want to phrase it? I told you guys I hate the phrase uh, bubble Murray because I I understand why it is, but we're so past the bubble. The bubble was years ago, and I get it with the injury and stuff like that, but Jamal Murray was a really good player before the bubble. And it just be defined by like a two-week period in the bubble for Jamal, I actually don't think is fair. Um, so when I when I hear like, oh, that's, that's Bubble Murray, I know what they're trying to say. But at the same time, like Jamal's just a really good, freaking good basketball player, especially right now. So I, I don't need the reference of a bubble any longer. I'm looking at a guy who is now averaging over 20 points a game, who's shooting nearly 50% from the field. He's approaching that mark, uh, getting closer and closer. And really this last, oh, I don't know, probably two to three weeks, um, and I may be off on that timetable, especially in the last like week, it feels like he is just turning a corner. It feels like he's just turning a corner. Um, you're looking at a 41-point output on Saturday evening against the Hawks. All right? That is his season high. You absolutely love to see it, but it was on the heels of uh, – reaching 33 uh, in that win over over Golden State on Thursday, in which he shot over 50% from the field as well. He shot over 62% against Atlanta on Saturday. He was nearly 50% against New Orleans last Tuesday when he went for 32 points, uh, and he made seven threes. And we got on here and talked about that performance um, that following Wednesday uh, here on the podcast. And he's just... um, you know, I'll I'll use the phrase that I used in a in a Twitter video for Superbook when I told you take Jamal Murray to reach 25 points or more and the Nuggets win uh, in that game against New Orleans, um, or excuse me, that was against Golden State that I made that video. Like the, Jamal looks like he is uh, the basket is the ocean right now. 
And, you know, there he is making seven threes again against Atlanta. So you're talking about 17 made three-pointers in the last three basketball games. We've gone back and forth on the question. And, and all of Nuggets Nation has, like, is Jamal back? Is Jamal back? Jamal's back. Jamal's back, back. And if he's not 100% back, I'd put it at 93%. Athletically, uh, from an explosion standpoint, from a hang time standpoint, from a quickness standpoint, like the jitteriness, like it looks like it is pre-injury Jamal. And if you and if an alien came down and did not see at all uh, the the time since the injury um, up until uh, this last week, and you just blocked out the 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 night of the injury and all the games leading up to this past week, you blocked it out, and you just saw Jamal pre-injury and what Jamal is right now. Just uh, you know, spliced together. I don't think you'd be able to notice a difference. I really don't. I really don't. So that's where I am with Jamal right now, and it's just so massive. It's so massive. We talked about it for years on this podcast at this point for years now. That you look at the traditional makeup of NBA champions, and the second best player is usually a Hall of Famer. Okay, that's that's typically the case. That's typically how it goes. And are there examples? Um, through NBA history, where that's not the case, sure. You know, you look at an example like um, the, uh, the 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 Toronto Raptors, who won the championship in 2019, where their uh, second best player is probably in the Hall of really, really good and you know, All Star and all that, but not like a Hall of Famer. But typically, typically, teams' second best player on a title team is a Hall of Famer. All right, whether you're talking about. Um, the second-plus player on the Warriors being a, a, a Clay or a Draymond. Both of those guys are going to go to the Hall of Fame. Lakers won it in 2020. Anthony Davis to LeBron is going to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, you look at uh, the, the, the Cavs back in 2016. Second-best player, Kyrie Irving, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Like it or not, it's the truth. Hit the biggest shot in you know Game 7 history of the NBA Finals and made eight All-Star games. He's going. Uh, whether you're talking about the Spurs or the, the, the LeBron, Wade, uh, Bosh, you know, Miami Heat, whether you're talking about even the Mavericks having, you know, Jason Kidd as their point guard uh, to go with Dirk and others. Um, the Lakers team with with Powell playing the wingman for Kobe, whether you're talking about the big three Celtics, whether you're talking about the Heat back in 06 that had, you know, Shaq as the second best player to Dwayne Wade at the time. Um, you know, maybe you can find an exception with the Detroit Pistons, but they had four four all-stars in the same season. And even then, Big Ben is is a Hall of Famer, and Chauncey may be on his way. Uh, you're talking about Spurs with Duncan and, and and David Robinson or Shaq and Kobe Lakers. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Bulls and Rockets and uh, uh, Pistons, and uh, it just the, the list continues. That's the traditional makeup. I'm going on this rant because unless we all know Jamal Murray's not a Hall of Famer right now, he's never even been an All Star. But some of the semantical uh, titles aside the second best player on a title team looks like Jamal Murray right now. And that is wildly encouraging. Wildly. I don't have to twist my brain into a pretzel to imagine Jamal Murray, the second best player on a championship team. Now, if you go back and listen to one of the podcasts five or six weeks ago, there's real doubts there. But he's rounding totally back into the form he was pre-injury I love to see it. See it. I'm wildly encouraged. You take a look at the last ten games from uh, the field goal percentage, 
true shooting percentage, made threes. Um, Jamal is in a good space right now. And uh, I'm just – that is right at the top of the list of big picture things um, that I am um, – that I am uh, highlighting here uh, from over the weekend. And it's not just about over the weekend, of course. It's about the big picture. Um, the confidence. It just You just see it in the shot selection if you're watching the games. You just you just see it. The guy is just on one right now. Um, okay. A couple other thoughts here. Uh, it seems like Vlatko Chanchar has really um, uh, taken Jeff Green's minutes. I think that's the move right now. Chanchar is playing well. He's not a perfect player. We've talked about him. Sometimes he can look look a little skittish, like he's not ready to play, but he is getting more and more comfortable, and I think contributing uh, in a meaningful way. Uh, not every night is going to be like last Thursday against Golden State where he made uh, 70% of his shots and going for 17 points. But I think on the whole, and again, not perfect, on the whole, he is really earning his way into this rotation. And could he be one of these top you know, eight players that are really going to play major playoff minutes um, this spring? And, and I think that is coming into focus uh, for Chanchar, as it is for Bruce Brown, you know, who I just, again, um, it's not perfect. Uh, or excuse me, not, not, not Bruce Brown, um, uh, Christian Brown, pardon me, um, who again, while not perfect, is legitimately cr- contributing in such a meaningful way. It's now undeniable. He feels like he's a rare, like a Michael Malone rookie, where like that's his guy. Whether you're talking about Malone busting, <coughs> excuse me, whether you're talking about Malone like busting his chops from the podium or giving him a leash of you know thirty plus minutes in these games. I mean, look at look at. Um, Christian Brown, if you pull up his game log, look at his the minutes that he's playing. Um, really starting in the middle of uh, January. Really, when we when we when we turn the page like the back half of January, look at like the twentieth when they played the, the the Pacers on a on a Friday night, and he played fifteen minutes. From that point moving forward, it's twenty two minutes, twenty minutes, twenty six minutes, fourteen minutes, nineteen minutes, thirty two minutes, thirty four minutes. That's walking you up to the most recent game. Now let me walk you back the games of pre-Indiana Pacers. Six minutes, two minutes, ten minutes, nine minutes, two minutes, one minute, 12 minutes, three minutes. So it goes like that. So he's turned a corner, and it just seems like um, because of all this extra stuff that's going on with the Nuggets, um, from a personnel standpoint, it's opened up a, a door for Christian Brown, and he's just absolutely made the most of it. He's flying around. Um, and he's just solid. He's reliable, dependable, plays within himself, but also uh, plays with a, um, a a confidence that sort of flies underneath the radar. So he is as intriguing as any nugget for me to watch here uh, down the stretch of these games. Um, Jokic, who did not play uh, against the um, Timberwolves, uh, along with some others, coming off another triple-double, on Saturday night, 14 points, 18 stinking rebounds, 10 assists. He was a plus 20 when he was out there. Ho-hum. The beat goes on. Uh, a couple other things that I wanted to get to before we um, <clears throat> before we uh, just take a quick peek ahead. The um, Kyrie Irving trade uh, to Dallas. <sighs> okay. Let me, let's, let, let me just get out ahead of this. Everyone... Not everyone. I don't seem like I'm being negative. Um, a lot of people 
have big picture thoughts and real convictions on how this is going to go. Some are laughing at it and, oh, it's a joke, oh, this is classic, or da 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 da, da. We don't know how it's going to go. Um, I can guess that um, from a human standpoint, this is has a real expiration date on it. But the expiration date for whatever that is, it's not at any point soon. Kyrie Irving hasn't gotten paid again. He is going to be on his best behavior. Dallas right now is currently two games above 500 and sitting in the sixth seed. The way that Dallas plays is, and you, you know this if you've watched them, um, they spread everyone out, okay? And they make it hard to uh, protect the rim. If you watch these Mavericks games, man, it's like they're like a spread offense. And, you know, so often Luka's getting right to the bucket. And I just imagine what this could look like with a player in Kyrie Irving who has played off the ball before for a championship team as a secondary player. What could that look like playing alongside one of the greatest creators that the game has? And I am not just going to assume because I do not like Kyrie and I am not a Kyrie fan. I, I am not, uh, you know, you could make a case a guy shouldn't be playing professional basketball right now. The, the, with all the anti-Semitic stuff and the way that it was dragged out and the 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 stuff that he was promoting and the vile nature of it. I mean, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, it, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm just not a fan. Not a fan of the human being. But I already told you before, the guy's going to the Hall of Fame, like it or not. And I don't want to just fall into this assumption um, that the because the Nuggets have uh, the light right now and, and, and are just number one seed and all the stuff, that Dallas at a certain point in time c- cannot create a problem uh, for Denver. Now, ultimately, do I think this is a move that puts Dallas over Denver? And, you know, uh, has them, you know, right there next to like the Celtics um, for, you know, championship odds. No, I don't. But I also don't want to dismiss it either. This is something that I'm going to be watching very closely over the next couple months. And according to the odds makers, the Mavericks went from like, I think it was like 20 to 1 to now 12 to 1. They've leapfrogged uh, teams like um, the Phoenix Suns. And they're sort of right there from an odds standpoint. Um, or excuse me, they've leapfrogged the uh, Grizzlies, according to Superbook. Um, and they're right there with the top, you know, five, six teams to win a championship. So to win to win a title, you need um, a lot. There's like a couple different boxes I check, but chief among any box that you would check is, and we've talked about this through the years here, you need blue blood, blue chip, top tier talent at the very top of championship rosters. And Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving represent that. And it's not about any sort of long-term. It's about this year, and could it be problematic? And I think it could if things uh, fall the right way for those boys down there in Dallas. So we'll continue to um, see what it actually looks like. I wouldn't judge it anytime soon. Like, let, let's give it a month and see what it looks like, um, and then kind of um, and then kind of go from there. Um, okay. That is uh, most of the stuff that I wanted to get to here today. Uh, next up for the Nuggets, who are now four and a half games ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, that felt like it happened really quick. Um, Memphis has lost three in a row. They've lost eight of their last ten. They got off the court nonsense happening right now. 
uh, with accusations of guns and vehicles and laser beams and all sort of uh, 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 nonsense that I have no time for. And Ja Morant shouldn't either, by the way. Dude, remove yourself from whatever gravitational pull has you in an SUV with an automatic weapon with a laser on it. If that, you know, allegedly that's what it was. You already gotten some stuff off the court, Ja did, with fighting a 17-year-old and whooping his ass with somebody else uh, here within the last year or so. Step away from the nonsense. I would hate a player of his caliber, um, and that guy's on a Hall of Fame trajectory to get caught up in some off-the-court bull you-know-what. Um, okay, little unintended rant there. Um, <clears throat> now four and a half games ahead of Memphis. Uh, next up, the Nuggets have the same Timberwolves that they lost to. That'll be on Tuesday night. At the time of recording, it's Monday morning. Uh, that'll be um, it's one of the home and home deals. That'll be Tuesday night at home and in Ball Arena at seven o'clock here locally. Before going on a three game road trip at Orlando on Thursday at Charlotte on Saturday, at Miami on Monday. So uh, we'll leave it there for now. Everyone have a great week. We'll see what happens with Bones. There's really no movement, no um, tangible stuff to go on here. Um, I haven't heard much of anything, so we'll just wait and see uh, until we know. We'll jump on here as soon as we know uh, anything. Guys, whatever happens on Tuesday at home against Minnesota or whatever's next with Bones Highland in a trade capacity, you already know. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.